0: Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. You are on episode number seven. I am your host, Josh Roop, here with my co-host... Scott Larson. How is it going today, Scott? You know, it's been really
1: cold. Um, we, yes. Uh, spring is my favorite time of the year, and we have a lot of uh, trees that have some nice blossoms that kind of uh, wakes you up from the winter. Uh, winter's great here. I love living in Utah. I love being able to, to ski um, but I really do look forward to spring and kind of that, uh, changing of the season and when things warm up, it warmed up last week and I was down near, uh, in St. George, which is about two hours outside of Vegas and it was feeling warm. It was feeling like it was time to wake up and we got back here and it was nice for one day and we have been hit with a rain slash snowstorm for the last two days. I know it's um, insane. How has it been out by you? Cause you're, you're about three hours away farther East, but you
0: guys get a lot of a uh, lot of howling winds, so. Yes, um, the interesting part was it was not bad this morning. Um, I had a job actually out in Vineyard, which is Orham area. Oh, you should and have called me. <laughs> I should have, but I was in such a time crunch today that. But no, it was insane going through Daniels. That's like our big cliff area, and um, it just or our big, what, not cliff area. What do you call it? a canyon, canyon. area? Mm-hmm. and there was just so much snow and the wind was blowing it you couldn't see the roads it just was gnarly and it's weird like you said last week it was nice and warm and and this week it's it's sadly just back to winter for some odd reason so
1: yeah well I and mean, it's it's typical this is this is how Utah is so
0: yeah um, well what have you been up the last it's been it feels like forever since we last recorded we kind of re- we're off a little bit and then we recorded on a weekend and put it out on a Monday cause of the black night. And, uh, yeah, we've, we did so much in the last couple weeks. Yeah, no, it's, it's,
1: it's been good. Um, we, uh, well, let's jump right into it. So we actually recorded, um, we record after Texas and we were able to talk about different things and I may actually have some different takes on, on some perspectives, uh, that I, I may have ranted a little bit that Stern didn't release anything and really kind of uh, neglected the Texas uh, Pinball Festival show. However, I've kind of thought about it more and I thought, you know, maybe they really wanted to at least give Munsters kind of the spotlight. They had a big uh, a big event with, uh, uh, with two of the original cast members and uh, I think they were trying to sell as many of those as they can before they moved on to the new one. I think it's kind of sad that it, uh, black Knight didn't get the big reveal at the festival, but I also understand why they did what they did. Um, and I, I also, I think there's a little bit of strategic planning between Stern and JJP with JJP. They obviously, both of them know what the other is doing. And so with, um, with Expo, when Stern, uh, when JJP released uh, Pirates, and they really impressed everybody and blew them away, and then uh, a week later or so, Stern released uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think um, in some ways kind of uh, eroded what uh, JJP did. Now, of course, JJP didn't have Pirates available to sell, so I think that certainly didn't help. Um But I think that JJP is trying to do a little bit of that um, with uh, what they are likely releasing on Friday, which to all signs shows it to be Willy Wonka. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, strategic planning plays out. Um, I know as the as the, the fan base, it's it's difficult, but I understand why they do it. I mean, movies do the same thing, right? Um, yeah. If you're a big movie, and you're trying to figure out when to release, you're not going to release it uh, against Star Wars. You're not going to release it against Avengers Endgame. You're going to try to position yourself, so you're the only game in town. Yep. So, like, I, I understand why they did it. I think it did disappoint a lot of people who were planning on going to the Texas Pinball Festival expecting more news. Yeah, in, in many ways, that's why I didn't end up pulling the trigger, and I was anticipating going to the Texas Pinball Festival this year.
0: Well, and I think also it comes down to, I don't know if JJP and Stern do know their, the way that they're doing their um, reveals together, um, but it does look like there was some predictability on what Stern was going to do, and so JJ kind of capitalized on it. So, yeah, I, I think they do. I, obviously, if, if,
1: random, um, if random podcasters who have no money in the game um, have enough information on what's going on, Being fed to them by either side, then I guarantee that they have, you know, it's it's uh, it's basically espionage. I mean, that's what they do. It's it's uh, it's uh, company espionage. So I'm sure that JJP has people at Stern who work for them and they know who to talk to, and I'm sure that Stern has the same thing at JJP. And whether or not it's a worker on the line or something. And I doubt it's any high level uh, intrigue. I mean, this is not a cold war situation, but there's enough information floating around that comes. That would be fantastic if it were a cold war situation though. Um, But I think it's just more of a, Hey, you're there's so many people who work at Stern and work at JJP on the line. Somebody's going to
0: be able to tell you what's going on. Yeah. I, I know what you mean.
1: But it would, be, it would be fantastic if it were like a James Bond situation where he dressed up in like a tuxedo and snuck into Stern so he could uh, see what's going on. That would be hilarious.
0: Mm-hmm. But Well, no, and um, I'm looking forward to both of them. But before we get moving on to those, I was going to say we got to meet with Martin from head to head. And it's funny because, like I said, it feels like it's been so long since we last recorded that when I texted you, I'm like, we did we ever talk about Martin? You're like, dude, we didn't even record after we met with Martin. So yeah, I'm like, dang, that's how long it's been. It's just been, it's been too long.
1: (laughs) Well, it's challenging. I mean, we both have real, I, um, I know it's shocking to say that none of us get paid for this. And so this is just, Hey, this is what we do in our spare time when we're trying to have fun and enjoy our hobby. And this is one way of enjoying the hobby is actually being a podcaster. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it certainly, and since we have more of a casual schedule, um, but you and I talked about this. I my feeling is if you have more of a casual schedule, then it allows you to um, to not take the podcasting as much of a job and more of a hobby. And so I think it's easier to sustain some
0: excitement about it. So hopefully it's this hopefully it comes across. Yeah, and it's kind of nice. That's what's nice about this is, like I said, it feels so long that I'm actually excited to get back behind the microphone. I'm not saying I haven't been excited, but I know some of the guys, that we talk to that are other podcasts that we get ideas and we, we talk to uh, just about different stuff that happens behind the scenes and whatnot. Um, you can tell that if you're doing it week to week, they kind of get burned out. Yeah. Um, it, what starts out as something fun and enjoy mm-hmm. joyous or whatever joyful. Um, it kind of goes down quick because um, the people are really good at their jobs, like head to head and special and lit. And those guys are, are on a weekly basis and they have all this content and whatnot. It seems like people, they get a lot more listeners, but they also get a lot more critics. Uh, that's one of the things we were talking to with Martin is it's, it's hard. You, you get a lot of critics behind the scenes because they don't think you're doing it right. Or you, they want you to do it a certain way. And that's kind of the nice part. We haven't hit that point. <laughs> I mean, the only, the only yeah. critic we get, Dennis Creasel of, uh, like the collected gamers and he's not even a critic man he just comes here i i love the dude it's so funny because we'll do an episode we'll put it out and the next day or the day after we'll get like a page worth of (laughs) comments and i would just i love talking to dennis he's a great guy so
1: dennis is so great dennis actually probably listens to the podcast more than you or i do so that that's it's always good to have someone who who gives you a, a good summary of what we talked about as opposed to a hey, you guys are idiots, don't do your podcast.
0: Yeah, it is kind of embarrassing when you're like, I don't remember talking about that, and you have to go back and listen through your own episode to, yeah. <laughs> to respond to what he said. Yeah. But did no, I, it's, it's great. Yeah. yeah, did I? What what were we saying I'm there? <laughs> but no, it's great. Um, um, it's, I love what the other podcasts are doing. And speaking what the other podcasts are doing, I thought the burnout issue was happening with um, – Oh, this week in pinball podcast. It, it, it does happen. I, I think it's just, it's
1: hard. It's hard to maintain momentum. And it's, um, one of my favorite podcasts, if you guys haven't listened to it, it's, uh, he, it's Tony Kornheiser. He's actually the guy on a uh, part, pardon the interruption on ESPN. And I've been listening to him for years, but his podcast is really, it's marginally about sports, but really just more of like a, a morning talk show. And he is he's always talked about this when people come up to talk to him and he says well I want your job and he's like okay great so you've got your monday show you talk about sports tuesday show wednesday show what are you going to talk about thursday and and I always think about that with with our podcast or with any podcast that yes it's always great to get that big adrenaline surge when you talk cuz you're you're excited to talk about what you're passionate about but eventually you kind of have to Maintain your momentum, and it's really. A, I'm just looking at it personally. I think it would be really hard for me to maintain that momentum every week. If and I, you and I both have young kids, and you know we're married, we have we we have real jobs, not pinball related. That um, uh, hey, pinball related job would be fantastic, but uh, I don't have that. To, well, basically, any ability to contribute to the pinball industry. Um, Stern, if Stern, if you're listening, listening. yeah, exactly. I'll just move to Chicago right now.
0: Um, or or Kara, his wife wants you at JJP. So Jersey Jack, if you're listening,
1: (laughs) Hey, I'd be, I'd be open to deep root. You know, it's uh, San Antonio sounds pretty nice this time of year, the river walk. Um, but yeah, and I, I think it just, it, it makes a big difference if it's more of a passion project than a job. And I, um, and this is this is not taking away from anything from all the podcasters because you and I have listened to so many podcasts, and that's what basically got us to where we are today. Um, I, I, I think that uh, you know the, the ones that I've listened to most. Uh, I've listened to um, to this flipping podcast. I've listened to the Pinball podcast. I have listened to Slam Tilt. Um, uh, you know, listened to um, uh, Coast to Coast, um, and, and certainly others uh, like all those it's so great to take everybody's take because it re- it reinforces how many different ways there are to contribute to this, this hobby.
0: Yep. And it's, it's a good way to contribute to the hobby as well. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying, man, no one does get paid for this. I, when I did radio DJ, I was just the night DJ. I, I was a teenager in high school. I was stoked to even have a job and now I was the cool kid in school because I was on the radio. Yeah. Well, one one morning my boss, who was the morning DJ, DJ along with another gentleman, they invited me in to see what their show was all about. And their show started about six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I thought that meant, oh, we'll get in at six, we'll start BSing on the microphone. No. No. He they were there before me, and I got there at four in the morning. They were already printing off papers, they were highlighting stuff. They were talking about this, talking about that. They wanted to know what they should be covering, what they shouldn't be covering. This was just a typical Tuesday morning. And this does go back to that's their daytime job. That's what they have to do. And so they're getting paid to do it. So it's not as hard to do when you're actually making money at. Now these guys like Head to Head, Special One Lit, uh, just your weekly podcast This Week in Pinball, they don't get paid to do this. And a lot of them spend their most of their free time looking for information to bring to the forefront. And it's very impressive. I really take my hat off to those guys. But going back to what I was talking about with This Week in Pinball, If I know you didn't listen to this episode, but I was listening well, I to Listened This Week to in Pinball. Yet.
1: I've, I, I, I've been out of town, so I've been a little busy. I'm, I need to catch up.
0: So last week, April 1st, I put on the episode. It says that Dennis Creasel and Ken Cromwell for Special Lit is on the episode. And I figured they're just with Zach. And they started off, and they're like, by the way, Jeff Patterson said that Zach's not as dedicated to this job as he should be because he's got other commitments. So they've kicked him off, and now Dennis and Ken are now the official hosts. They're quitting Eclectic Gamers. They're quitting Special One Lit. And I'm I'm kind of mind-blown at this point because it kind of made sense because Dennis and Ken, they were kind of one of the staple co-hosts with Zach. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. The thing, though, the thing, though, that threw it – that I knew it was a joke by time I got to the end of the episode was the fact that Dennis was laying it on. So thick, right? He was just on the hate for Zach. Not that he was hating Zach, but just like Dennis does not like the market trend segment and he's just going off about it. And he's going off but like so long sucker. You know what I'm saying? It just was like, it was so too much that it was like, right. This can't be real. Well, but the awesome part is you
1: texted me and I thought, and I told you, I said, you know, this is April 1st, right? Is this really
0: what's going on? Well, and what was crazy though, too, is that they incorporate two other podcasts. They did. uh, They actually special one lit released an episode that day with Ken Cromwell and the gentleman from slap save, if I remember correctly. And they said they were going to do their new podcast. And then Zach many ended up going to slap save along with Jason Fowler, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And they did their own episode too. So it was really impressive. I mean, step back for a second. These guys are all doing this as a hobby and they coordinate. It's hard to get two guys together, but they coordinated six guys for a joke. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was, I, I knew it was a joke, but I just thought it was wonderful. It's crazy to see someone do that, and I really appreciated the amount of work that went into that. It was fantastic. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you go check out all three episodes because it was just great. It, it,
1: it really does. It kind of boggles the mind how much energy that they did for their passion project. And certainly, it's it's great that in this small little corner hobby, we have such motivated uh, people to to really bring great content for free.
0: I mean, really. Um, also, since we've last recorded, we listened to head to head, and Jeff Riviera, our good friend from the Pinball Podcast, was down there. Okay, Jeff, R- Jeff Riviera. Riviera sounds like he's part of a, a Vegas show, you know, strip show. But yes, he, uh, he no, he's <laughs> actually part of a mariachi band. Be fantastic. No, sorry, I've got a kid. I've got a kid on my team, and that's how he pronounces it is Riviera. Sorry, I'm a soccer coach on top of everything <laughs> else, and his his last name. He said it's spelled just the same way as Jeff. Oh, really? And so, he says
1: he, he adds an "i" in there,
0: huh? Yeah, the way that well, they're Hispanic, I guess. I don't know. So he says they say it that way. I, Any, I, I'm
1: sure Jeff. I'm sure that's the
0: origin of Jeff's name too. But. you know, so uh, Jeff Rivera of the pinball podcast went on with Martin and I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, it was uh, great. I thought those guys did great.
1: Yeah. Jeff's a great podcaster. I've always loved uh, listening to him and, and meeting him in person. He's just as genuine in person. And just like you said, uh, we, um, well, uh, I, I got a text from someone who was at the Texas pinball festival, one of our uh, Utah friends, and he sent a picture with him and Martin and said Martin was going to be in town in, in Utah for business right after the Texas Pinball Festival. And so you got a hold of him. And, I, you know, I messaged him, too. And you messaged him. And I said, hey, we, we'd we love to get together. Uh, you can work it into your schedule. And we actually were able to coordinate and go to one of the, uh, the, local, uh, the local pubs out here that uh, run pinball. It's kind of a hipster pub that's run by one of the... Uh, the main guys, actually the guy who, who was on our podcast, I think episode three or four, uh, Dan, and he has uh, games there with uh, Mike Lund, uh, who was our state champ. Um, and it was really great to meet up with Martin and actually meet with him and just talk to him about, uh, basically what he does
0: and what he does in pinball for, uh, the land down under. So that was great. And, well, and the funny part about all that too is, when I was texting Martin, I said, "Where are you located at?" Because I w- I just automatically assume it's Salt Lake because with business venture, the biggest business capital is between Provo, Utah, and Salt Lake. Right, like it's going to be in that area. So, so when he said Ogden, Utah, and I said, "Well, if you'll commit, I will drive up there," and he's like, "Okay, whatever," you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, "But you have you have to meet me in Salt Lake because Ogden is four hours from, me. <laughs> so." F- if I can get him to come down to Salt Lake, I'll do it. Yeah. So he's like, sure, whatever. So it was funny because I, I showed up there that night. We were talking. We were BSing. We were having fun. And at the end of the thing, I'm like, I got to get going. And Martin's like, why, dude? It's like 9 o'clock, 9.30. I said, I got to make the travel home. And he's like, you seriously drove three hours out here for me? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, I wanted to meet you. Like, I'm fanboying a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason we got into this is because I really appreciate what Head to Head did for – the podcasting scene. I think they really elevated to a higher level when it came to their product. Yeah. And so, it's funny because everyone always teases, they're like, give Martin a hug at Texas Pinball Festival because he hates them. And when Martin's like, "You seriously drove three hours? That deserves a hug." Yeah. So I thought it was really <laughs> funny that Martin had to hug hug me because wait, he didn't hug. I you. drove three hours. He
1: gave you a kiss on the
0: cheek. No. <laughs> he did give me. I yeah. It says it in the Bible: greet everyone with a kiss, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, right. Anyway. Yeah. No, it, it, no, it was hilarious. He, he was, was great. great. Yeah, he was great. He was. It was great to uh, talk to
1: him. So. Yeah, and it was it was really great talking to him. And he he literally is genuine is as genuine in person as he comes across in the podcast. I mean, he's just a fun guy. That he's a guy that you want to hang out with, and there's a reason why uh since uh Ryan C has uh pulled back a little bit from the podcast that he's had no problem getting other people on the podcast. And by the way, we are going to be special guests on the podcast this Friday night. Um but for the Monday night episode. After, exactly. And so and the last episode that he did, um I messaged him after and I said that was hilarious. I I, I said uh you know Crazy Levi from uh, New York, I said is my my new spirit animal He's hilarious. He's a guy I'd love to just hang out with. And he laughed and he said, yeah, it took me four hours to edit that episode. And again, mind blown. I said, wow, four hours. You're, you're putting that much uh, effort into putting a quality product for free. Again, just think about that. that that's why um, in my book, Head to Head, Hands Down, and then Every Other Podcast. And then there's a few other levels than there's us. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> but they're not doing it for free. They're doing it out of the money of their own. Pocket
1: yes. Yeah, that, that's true. They're
0: not doing it, it for free. They are actually paying to do this. That I didn't know that until we got two, three episodes in and we, we've been able to do it on the free for that long. Yeah. The thing is, is I'm a, on the side. I'm a, I'm a DJ. So I have a mixing board. I have a microphone. It's just something I own. So it wasn't an expense for me to actually have a setup for my computer. Yeah. But the thing is, is I totally space, yeah, music files or sound files, whatever you want to call these, take up space. And you've got to pay for a place to host those. Yeah. And so um, it just it's funny because like Jeff with Pinball Podcasts, I'm like, how much do you spend on your podcast stuff? And he's like, dude, I stopped keeping count. Yeah. He's like, it's you do it for the love of yeah. it. So it's just something else. So, And us pinball people are all used to spending good money. Oh hey, speaking of that, hey, I didn't even tell you. So I uh
1: um on my Wizard of Oz, I f- I ordered the uh the flying monkey mod. Did I tell you about this? Oh yeah. Yeah, it Yeah, I remember you I remember messaging you to get it. <laughs> yeah, no, so I I just barely got it and I looked at it and I said, "Wow, this is amazing. It's really cool and I need to put it in. By the way, it is fantastic. It's it's amazing if you have a Wizard of Oz and you can get a hold of it. Uh, that and the Red Smoke Witch mod, which, by the way, I have both of them, and I haven't got around to putting them in just because I have not had time, and I'm not the most tech-savvy person. Of course, I also looked at that and I said, huh, not even thinking about this, but that cost me $200. Um, yes, in the grand scheme of things, for the entire machine, that's really not much, but I thought, wow, that is really a passion project to be able to say, yes, I want a flying monkey that takes the ball up, as opposed to the screenshot plastic monkey that's taking it up and that was worth it to me and i i don't regret paying it one bit but absolutely you you just find ways of spending money and enjoying it in this hobby
0: well at least your machine can do that because you know yellow brick road we got rid of oh, monkeys. <laughs> yeah anywho let's oh let's uh, yeah that no I,
1: like I, okay by the way that's that being said um i have heard the yellow Road is. Fantastic in person. It is glittery. It is shiny. It is yellow, and I'm sure they'll find uh, at least 200 buyers for that. And I hope they sell. I, I hope they sell a thousand of them because I really like having um, at least a plausible competition for Stern. I, I the numbers don't really generate that, but and I actually put a, a little post up for the um, for the few people that are following us right now. But I did say, hey. Sounds like uh, they're um, releasing Wonka this Friday. Is this really the time when, Won- when uh, JJP can compete with Stern for a a release? And what I'm saying is that if they release Wonka, are they going to be able to sell the three to four thousand that Stern is selling? Because you know, when when you add all the Stern stuff together, I mean, having in Stern's releasing for a year. If they release one a year and be able to do those numbers, at least you have some sort of a competition. Like right now, we have a theoretical competition because JJP, people forget, they've only released four games.
0: Yep. And they've been out since 2012, 2012. if I remember correctly. Yeah, when they so in announced. seven
1: years, they've released four games. And again, I, I love it. I love that they have elevated the game. I You look at once JJP jumped into the market, and how much Stern has really elevated their game from World, you know, World Poker Tour. Uh,
0: that that is, it is light years ahead of that. Well, what I find interesting about this whole situation is, I got thinking about this today because you, you hear Wonka, you start asking, "What's the price going to be?" And okay, okay, well, you well you kind of jump, you kind of, you actually, you
1: you buried the lead. <laughs> So we haven't even talked about well, we haven't even talked about that Wonka is likely the title that's going to be really like all signs point to it.
0: But yes. So No, well, okay. Hold on, sorry. Well, let me let me roll this back just two sure. seconds. So I'm like, how much is this gonna cost? And he said if we follow pirates, it'll be eighty five hundred. Uh the that's the standard, the L E will be the ninety-five, and then the collector's edition is twelve twelve five. Yeah. But those aren't set in stone. He cannot confirm nor deny that's what it's going to mm-hmm. be. Because you know how it is, the NDA. Well, if you get thinking about it, how much is an LE through Stern? Yeah. No, an LE through Stern is 9000 Absolutely. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because J- pretty much JJP's base model is the price of Stern's high-end model. Granted, you take a couple out, like Beatles and Batman 66. Yeah. But it's, just, it's crazy to me that... You can tell JJP is going for the home market. There's not very many JJP games here in Utah. I don't know outside of Utah if there are. Uh, I know of a dialed-in on location, if it's still there. And I know of, I think, maybe two Pirates on location, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I know some, and I think there are some enthusiasts. Now, uh, okay, let's be honest. At least, in uh, even in Utah and other markets, Um, I guess you can take out some of the hot markets like uh, Seattle and Portland and New York and maybe uh, um, Chicago. You probably have one to two pinball locations. And even when you're talking about like the biggest tournament in the year, you're talking about Pinburg. Yes, it's sold out. It's It's sold out in seconds, right? That's still, you know, that's still only a thousand spots nationwide. And so it does provide kind of a wake-up call as to how niche the sport really is. And well, okay, if you want to call it a sport, the gaming, the the hobby, it really is. And that even in some of these hotbeds like New York and Seattle where the population is so much higher,
0: they still kind of know each other. So... Well, and here's here's the other thing, though, too. Look at the IFPA numbers. There are almost 70,000 people registered for tournament not everyone plays tournament not everyone yeah is into tournaments.
1: it's how many people have actually played in a tournament but really when you start taking out the people who have played one to two i would bet when you talk about the people who have played five or more tournaments that number is going to start contracting seriously now that I, th- I still think that's a good thing because what it's showing is that how many casual people have actually played in an ifpa event I, mean, I you can look at it both ways, right? Who who's going to be coming weekly to all these things? But who's even come at all? I mean, that that's still that
0: that's still pretty impressive. But it's still pretty an niche hobby. Yeah, true. Well, should we talk about the the two hot topics then, since we've already kind of been dancing around them sure. anyway? What do you want to talk about right. first? Let's let's talk about Black Knight first. Um, so it was teased. April second, so the day after April Fool's. And then they said that they were going to show it off uh today's Wednesday. We'll probably put this out on Friday or something. They showed it off last night, Tuesday. Um Jack was fantastic on getting it up online yeah. into YouTube pretty quick. It was like six minutes or seven minutes after they'd actually aired it if I remember correctly. Yeah. Insane. Anywho, um in perfect stern fashion, we were in the factory, um, I don't know whose Black Knights those were. I don't know if the, the Black Knight and the Black Knight 2000, they might be Steve's personal Maybe. ones. I thought yeah. that was cool. Cool's their backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started off on the pro. You know, the artwork looks fantastic. I know that we've really talked about Zombie Yeti and Christopher Franchi these last couple of games, but it's good to see that there's still other talent that is available as well um, that can do just yeah. as good as this. Who, who did games. this one? Do you um, know? I think... Um, Joshua Clay helped okay. out a lot And I'm trying to think who the, the main guy was Because Joshua Clay is actually a fairly young Newer artist He was originally a tattoo artist And is now uh, Working at Stern doing yeah. their artwork um, And I'm uh, He was actually on the stream last mm-hmm. night um, But let me uh, If you give me a second I'll look up who the other artist is Because I haven't a clue Why not <laughs> Okay, This is live right now. Live baby live uh, Kevin yeah. O'Connor. So Kevin O'Connor, who's done um, Kiss, yeah. Walking Dead, Avengers. he's He's been around for a mm-hmm. while. But um, yeah, and I think the artwork looks fantastic. The The cutscenes and the stuff on the actual uh, LCD mm-hmm. look really good. They're, they almost remind me of a video yes. game between the defeating the lynch lords, the sandworms, yes. the stuff like yes. that. Um, and I actually like that direction. Mm-hmm. I was kind of confused. I don't know if they did explain it. I was kind of in and out, and I've replayed it a couple times. But on the side of the LCD, it's kind of got the same thing as Iron Maiden had with its Super pop, Super yeah. Ramps, stuff like yeah. that. But it was it was kind of all grayed out, and I didn't see anything really going on yeah. with it. Um, shots look good. Um, my only complaint is it is a Black yeah. Knight game, and I thought they would kind of steer away from this. But on the premium and on the LE... It is a very right-flipper-dominated game. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. All those shots to get up on the upper playfield are on the left side of the playfield, mm-hmm. and even when you start off a shot on the LE, it goes directly onto that upper yeah. playfield, just like any of the mm-hmm. Black Knight. But Keith Ellen was playing on the premium, and he had two balls cradled or a ball cradled mm-hmm. on the left, and he was just destroying it with the oh, right yeah. flipper. Yeah. It, he, he'd fall off the top playfield and shoot it right back up there. And it, it kind of got boring to watch for a Okay, bit, well, if you're Keith Elwin, you can boss any game around. I, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> I, I know Raymond Davidson's great. He's, he's amazing. He's the he's the best active player. Um, Keith is kind of in that, hey, I've been there, done that.
0: But he can still come in and crush it when he wants to. And so I think overall the game looks fantastic. Uh, I love the music. The problem is, is when you've got four people playing the same game, the music started to loop a lot you were hearing the same intro which is fine um the music did change up as you got into different modes but I think the problem is is I've heard that song so many times now with it being a remake it's already kind of starting to get a little bit old so I don't know if they will add more music on but I the funny part to me is is everyone's like this is the most metal pin ever this is more metal than Iron Maiden and I, gr- I grew up through the 2000s. I graduated in 05. And this metal music is my punk rock <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, my favorite band is Sum 41. And if you've never listened to I them, haven't. check out <laughs> check out their album Chuck. Because it sounds a lot like okay. this music. Well, a- Anthrax uh, is Chuck- very –
1: it is Scott Ian from Anthrax who does all the guitar riffs. But, yeah, Correct. it's um, – Yeah, and it certainly feels like a guy, you know, ramping on a
0: guitar and just uh, putting a whole bunch of licks down. Oh, and I love it. I love the flamethrowing, whatever he is like a skeleton, zombie, soldier, whatever guy. And Robertson did the voice for him. And it's just hilarious every time it pops up. Just, you know, we're cooking with gas Mm -hmm. now. Just, I don't know. The game looks fantastic. Actually, Keto's here in Utah is getting theirs on Monday or Tuesday. So we should be seeing the Pro very yeah, much. Yeah, and I'm actually really excited to see that. I think it'll be really great. I am too. I might be one of the only people, because this is one of the one games where they said that the Premium and the LE are outselling the Pro. They're having no problem selling the Premium. Yeah. But in my opinion, I actually enjoy the Pro more than the Premium. I haven't had my hands I'm on it. I'm really
1: them. curious. I, I'm really curious because... Um, so I, I'm relatively new to pinball. I mean, I, I, I bought uh first game Simpsons pinball party. I bought it in 2013 or 14. Um, and just kind of on a whim. I really had no idea about pinball. Again, I grew up in the eighties. Um, um, born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties where you'd go to the arcade and basically just like in special when lit, it talks about the pinballs were just in the corner and nobody was playing because, That was like that was the era of the uh, of of Donkey Kong, you know, uh, Pac Man, all all those things that were wow. You can do this on a computer screen or a TV screen. This is amazing. Um, But the people who have that connection with the Black Knight, I think, are the ones who you know, it's their Grail pin. They they want the Black Knight or they want the Black Knight Two Thousand because that's the that's the pin they have the emotional connection with. I don't really have that, and so when I look at it. I always thought, okay, well, this is a historical pin, but really, it was before the glory days of the '90s, and the uh, the well, there was the first Renaissance in the '90s, and then there's the the Nouveau Renaissance now that is just blowing up. It doesn't have the same feel that Black Knight does. It's a very specific feel type of game, and so the people who really have that connection, I think. You have to have the premium. Like there's no or you know, the premium play field or the L E. There's no other question because that is what it is. You're channeling that. However, when I look at it, it's the same way. I kind of look at it and say, Man, it's it's kind of it's kind of samey as the Black Knight, which is why I don't get much of a feel for it. Is yeah, you get up to the to the upper play field, which is cool. And there's that uh, the right upper flipper that is really dominant by it, dominated by it. But then I don't know; it just doesn't seem as much as like a full playfield type game. Like it seems like it's an upper third playfield type game. And so I'm really interested to see how that that pro is going to play
0: because I kind of suspect that I'm going to enjoy the pro more. See, and that's the thing I was really liking about the video. I watched both of them. Um... I've watched the Pro more than I have the Premium, but the Pro almost seemed more flowing.
1: More Steve Ritchie.
0: Yeah, it was more st- More of Steve a Spider-Man yeah. type feel, more of a, a Star
1: Trek type feel. Absolutely. But I think he's, not, he's less constrained by that uh, upper play field. Now, I will say the one thing I do love about this is the upper play field. It's kind of brilliant for them to put that translucent play field on there because it still allows them to, to use the whole play field, even all the, cause that, that's, the, that's always been the big complaint with some of these upper play fields, right? The upper play field in game of Thrones is that it, it, man, it really dominates the field and it really uh, detracts from the entire lower play field anyway. And I always felt that way with, um, with the black Knight or the at least black Knight 2000, I always felt like, okay, great. But it basically makes the lower play field f- feel fairly useless that you all you were trying to do was get it back up to the upper playfield, and so the fact that they made the the translucent playfield, it allows them to use much more of it.
0: Well, that's what's funny to me is like I felt like it's now vice versa. I feel like the upper playfield, yeah, it's cool that you got the physical yeah. ball locks, but in other words, I feel like it's kind of it feels redundant. It, it feels, but but I I do feel it, it's
1: it feels very samey with black knight and black knight
0: 2000 and i think if you have that emotional connection then that's the way to go yep oh i totally agree well and it brings a lot more um strategy yes. into the game yeah, yeah, yeah. the other thing Absolutely. they were talking about the other thing they were talking about was the lower play field if you can get the multi-ball started there and then go to the upper play field and do the the multi get the multi-ball started there you can get a six ball multi-ball going that's stacked so you've got the lower upper playfield multi-ball, yeah. and all of a sudden going crazy, so that that could be really cool yeah. to see. Um, there was one other thing on there that really impressed me because it was funny as I was watching it. I was thinking, how cool would it be that you throw do a throwback inside the game to the old games? And apparently, if you spell knight and then you shoot the left, it's not um, the far left shot, which goes into a, a vertical up kicker. Um, it starts a mode that is yeah. retro mode. It goes into it's just black knight screen and it plays the music it almost sounds like a mesh up between the original black knight and the 2000 yeah. and you can just blow up the score in the way and, and so that's really cool cuz that's exactly what
1: this game needs it it needs to be kind of a a modern
0: take on a retro game with a throwback to the retro feel i totally agree and i think tim balls oh, is killing yeah. it and here's the thing Here's the thing: when you first start, when they first mm-hmm. reveal these, it always worries me because everyone always bashes the code. Dude, Guardians of the Galaxy sucked when it first came out, but now everyone's ranting and raving about it. Yeah, it's a year later, year and a half later, but the code's in such a nice place now. Hey, I I actually love Guardians. If I didn't have an Iron Man, I
1: would buy a Guardians because it, it's the perfect game for me. Yeah, it's a perfect game for me. I have young kids, and so it, it's very similar to Metallica and. Really, my kids are eight, five, and four. And so I just, it's not something, it's not a game that I would personally have. I I love the game. It's a great game. Uh, But it's just not for my home market. Um, But uh, Guardians has a very similar feel to, you know, it's been said halfway between Metallica and Iron Man. And I have a, a great Iron Man. I love playing my Iron Man. So if I didn't have my Iron Man,
0: I would absolutely go buy Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Well, and that's the thing with with Black Knight. I'm just really loving what the codes like. Even though the codes probably not complete at this point, Tim Ball's vision for this game is looking really, really good. Yeah. Where I I, I
1: love Tim's passion uh, when he talks about it. It's it's exactly what you want in a in a, a hobby like this. Is you want a high level? Oh, I, okay. It's really embarrassing. What Stern has right yeah. now, and they have Keith Elwin, um, basically you know the the best player of of his generation and likely all time right now. Um, just being able to make Iron Maiden and being able to say, okay, this is fun, but this is also what turn, tournament players want. And then you have Tim Sexton, who is young; he's twenty five, and he's coming into the scene with a fresh perspective. So you have you have all these legacy designers with uh you know with Steve Ritchie and you have all these uh, these great um I, I guess legacy programmers you know you have Lonnie Robb and, you know, and obviously Lyman Sheets and I'm blanking on the other guy's name
0: oh um he just did Monsters yeah oh yeah uh sir. Dennis yes yes
1: uh, and so it's, it, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock here, yeah. so I, I'm getting tired. Uh, but yes, all of them are great, but they've all been in the industry for 30 yep. years. And so it's great to see a new take of, of what Tim Sexton's doing. And also with, uh, with what, uh, Keith Elwin's doing. I mean, it just, it freshens things up. It just, you know, it, 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 it obviously the Beatles and the Rolling Stones are great bands. But you need those newer bands that are coming out to kind of keep things pushing forward so they don't just keep
0: repeating. Well, and let's rewind the clocks a year and a half ago before Iron Maiden. I mean, the biggest complaint I was hearing, you had Guardians had just come out, Aerosmith was out, um, the Ghostbusters, which was the dumpster fire at that point, everyone was throwing a fit about the code on that one, which they still are. Sorry, don't know what to tell you. yeah, and i'm just in batman 66 batman 66 came out and there was no code to it and everyone's complaining yeah. that they need to start buying up coders the only guy that knows who's doing this job down there is lyman sheets you can tell the difference between a lyman sheets game like walking dead versus whatever the other game it was um and sorry it just hit me it's not dennis it's dwight anywho dwight sorry. you're right 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 dwight. 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 anywho yes. Sorry, I, I was actually, while you were talking, I was trying to look it up to figure out who it so, was. So, year and a half ago, people were complaining, yeah, the artwork's caught up, the designs have caught up, the code now needs to catch up. Well, here we are, year and a half later, Tim Ball's, Boom. 25 years old, killing it. And Crushing you it, You yeah. can see the vision he has. And Lyman's killing it with, I mean, Batman 66, the code on that is fantastic now. Dwight, I think, did good on Munster's. I don't know why everyone's bashing as yeah. hard as they are because we're buying Monster Bash. It's pretty much the same code, and maybe that's maybe yeah. that's the problem. It's it's been twenty years. You know, I,
1: I okay, here's the challenge. It, the one thing Dwight does, which I do love, is that people always say, "Hey, we want innovation in pinball." Well, he's trying that. He's trying to say I mean, he has he comes out with a super complicated game with Star Wars, which I'll admit is more complicated than my brain can handle. I thought Star Wars was a fun game, um, but it wasn't my favorite. Uh, I, I didn't want to, to buy it in the end, but I thought that he certainly was, was trying to push beyond what he, what everybody normally does. And he's like, hey, well, let's try it this way. And so if you can fault, for, fault anybody, then you can say, hey, he tried too hard for something or he tried to do something, and it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a home run. Okay, but he he hasn't struck out on anything. I would say that he still does a solid game. Well, here's
0: the other thing too. Munsters has been out for three months. Why are we crucifying the man for three months worth of code when Guardians came out and there was pretty much no code or Batman 66 and there was no code? I mean, give it a year. I mean... Well,
1: it, it, there's always a... There's always a, a uh, once people start playing the game, there tends to be... A reevaluation of what was going on. I mean, Iron Man was panned when it first came out, and guess what? The Iron Man code isn't that deep. No. Uh, I, I'll put it this way: if I can get to the to the wizard mode, I guarantee it is either that I put the rubber bands of the outlines, or in straight down the middle, <laughs> or the code's not that deep. Yeah. And really, the code's not that deep. It's still a fun game. It doesn't matter if. There ends up being a somewhere of the rainbow mode or there's no Valinor. It doesn't matter as long as it's still fun and you can still compete with it. I and mean, look at how deep something like uh total nuclear annihilation is. It's not, it's the same thing. It's destroy nine reactors, but we all think it's fun. And so what are you, what are you shooting for it? As long as it, it can be a, it, it can be a tournament game. It can be a casual game. It can be a home game. It could be a location game. It's, it seems impossible for someone to universally love something unless, of course, it's Lyman Sheets because they're just going to say, oh, well, it's Lyman. He does amazing stuff. Yeah. OK, fine. But when Walking Dead came out, no one liked it either. I totally agree. You know, it's, it, it, it just seems that it, there seems to be so much negativity toward a game when people just kind of forget that the whole point of
0: this is to have a good time. Yeah. So well, now Walking Dead is now considered one of the best games because Lyman Sheets yeah. has gotten the code where it is to nowadays. So yeah. Well, moving on. So I, I was gonna say yeah, maybe, yeah Let's move on because we're running out of time.
1: But oh okay. yeah, sorry, I'm I'm rambling tonight. You're, but I will say, told, can I t- can I tell you one thing? Yeah, though? go for it. My uh, so I was at work the other day, and a guy comes up to me and he says, "Hey, um, uh, you're into pinball, right?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah," and he said. Okay, because I'm looking at getting a pinball machine for my my room. I'm like, okay, so what? Like, tell me about your your interest in pinball. And he's like, well, I grew up and we had a Black Knight and a Black Knight Two Thousand. And I said, have I have a game for you? <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. I will perfect time. Yeah. And I said they just barely announced Black Knight and and I've been texting back and forth with him and he's really excited. I did caution him. I said, now by the way. The rule number one, and this is why I learned from the Buffalo Pinball guys: never buy a game you haven't played. Yep. So make sure you buy, you play the game and see. Okay, is this what I really want? But he's super excited for this, and I'm going to take him up to keto's when uh, uh, when they have the Black Knight, and he can look at it. But of course, he's a Legacy guy, and so he he's watched the streams, uh, nerd at heart like me, and he said, "I you got to have the upper play field. I'm like, "Yeah, for someone like you, absolutely." Yep. Well, and. He can get hooked up at game and con so. Absolutely. Well, no, trust me, I've already talked to him about it, but I, I think that it's uh, he still needs to play the game. You know, it, yeah, it's his first purchase, but he was all for like, buying the uh, you know, buying the LE and buying the. And I told him about the topper. He's like, oh, you got to have the topper. Yep. <laughs>
0: so so let's talk about the next bombshell. Um, last Friday, um, it was revealed that Wonka. It was revealed by a couple different sources that Wonka is coming out. I know that people are still saying, Oh, who knows who the next, what the, it's Wonka. I've it's, it's Wonka. They they put out a golden. Yeah. When when distributors are now making official statements saying that they cannot take money for Wonka. We haven't confirmed. Yeah. But we have an interest list for Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. coming. and
1: by the way this isn't just one distributor this is all distributors yeah. are saying this they're like there was a it's the same thing that happened when um star wars came out there was a super secret list where they said hey by the way the next steve Ritchie game is coming out and everybody knew it was star wars and they said if you want to be in the le then put your name on this list we can't take money but if you want the
0: name of the list then can I make an? Can I an extend an invitation for all the distributors out there right now? By the way, go ahead. Okay, Jersey Jack Stern, Spooky. I don't care who you are. If you want a second opinion, Scott and I are willing to come out and test these things. We don't care. Absolutely, you know what? NDA. I'm like,
1: you know, I have. You can't seriously. I will adhere to the NDA. Oh yeah, yeah. Just go. You know, I will be a test location for you.
0: Exactly. So if you want
1: if you want to send a pin to Highland, Utah.
0: Um, I am here for you. Yeah, I would love to get to put put my hands on it first, and then be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the check right now," and say, "Hey, you I'm know what? A buyer. I'll- I will absolutely be—I I will be your advocate out here in the West."
1: And I, I'm—I am no respecter of pinball companies. I, I will take any pinball
0: company exactly. Uh, you can send out a send me a test game, and I will—I uh, I will love it up. So we're not shilling for anyone. We don't put one other company higher than the other. But hey, if you're looking for another opinion, I know I know Chicago Gaming has their warehouse in Reno. We're not that far away. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. But hey, you know what, I'll even go pick it up. Why not? But anyway, so Wonka gets uh unofficial officially announced. Um right. Everyone's blowing their lids on this. I I this is still one thing I don't fully understand. I get if the theme is what you've always wanted. But I just I can't fathom the idea of saying, "Hey, here's my twelve thousand five hundred dollars," based off of the title of a game. I just I, yeah. I can't fathom it. But rumors start flying. Okay, however, left and right.
1: okay. Here's a question though. Here's a question. Um, so you have a couple things going for it. Would you be as excited about Wonka if it were going to be a Kapow title? or a Stern title,
0: or a J.J.P. title? Definitely J.J.P., but I don't know... I don't know. I Willy Wonka I grew up on, weirdly enough. It came out in 1971, yeah. and my, yeah. my my mom loved it, so we always watched it, because that was her show growing up. So, yeah. I think with it be, I don't know. Me and you both think the alike, though. I have to have my hands on the game before I say yes. Yeah. Okay, I,
1: I will say, though, so for a... For me, it's theme specific. Okay. So when they say Wonka, who would you want it? I'm like, that seems like a JJP type game. Yep. And when they say when the rumors are flying out that um, they're going to do a Guns and Roses game, I'm thinking it should like who should do this? And my attitude is hands down Stern. That should be a hands down Stern game. Yeah. Um, so I just don't see it being in J.J.P.'s wheelhouse. I, who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong. But I think that that, see, that feels more like their game. You know, it's the same thing with like a monster theme. I mean, that's a spooky theme. I mean, Rob Zombie coming out it's like, yeah, that's a spooky game. Um, so I think that like at least the rumors are that uh, Wonka with, the, with Pat Lawler, because again, Pat Lawler is kind of like Lyman Sheets where Regardless of what he does, as long as he's not too constrained by design, yeah, then he'll put out an amazing game. And really, his last game is his best game. One game of like, the year. Like people can t- yeah, people can talk about um, you know Adam's family and Twilight Zone. And I have a Twilight Zone. I have a great Twilight Zone. I still look at Dialed In and say, no, that's better. Yep, it's a better game. Like people have an emotional connection, just like I said about Black Knight. People have an emotional connection with Twilight Zone and Adam's Family because it's one of their games of their childhood. Uh, but Dialed In is the best game he's done so far, and it's not even close. And so what is he going to do for this one? Well, I think he'll do something pretty amazing. I,
0: have you heard any of the rumors out for this game yet?
1: Not too much. I, I've heard that it's basically there. there's nothing on, crazy
0: in it. Oh, but, I was going to say, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear anything about the possible spoilers of a game that hasn't even been officially confirmed yet, skip the next yeah, minute it, or two.
1: And by the way, this is Josh and I speculating, because yeah. we we are not at head-to-head level, so we actually don't have people texting us and saying, hey, you want to see a picture of the field? That is not us. This is us, two buddies, talking about, hey, what do you think is going to happen? I did get a message Ooh. So here is
0: here is the <laughs> okay. Rumor. So
1: see see that's the host, not the co-host. See and the co-host oh gets goodness, nothing, but the whatever. host. The host is where it is.
0: So here's the rumor. If you don't want to hear, if you don't want to be spoiled, because we're this comes out Friday morning, and you'll see it Friday night. Then skip a minute. All right, fast try. forward. Fast forward a minute. Okay, so here's the deal. Supposedly, the silver balls will be multicolored balls, and the game can recognize the different color of balls, and will associate to different modes in the game it will stop Mm. certain balls in certain areas of the game don't know how much truth there is to it but the gentleman swears he has on good authority that
1: (laughs) that would would be uh the everlasting gobstopper uh option that's actually pretty cool i the one thing i I wonder about that is okay are they proprietary balls is this you know because people like shiny new balls they put in games. Um, are they gonna be able to swap them out? Is this like the Powerball? Like if you get the official Powerball and have to swap it out in your Twilight Zone, it's expensive. If you get the cheap cheap knockoff ones, then you can do it. But the real ceramic one, that's kind of expensive. So I think, however, it,
0: I think it would again, be a metal ball just because you've got to catch the ball. Like supposedly it's going to catch these balls. Well, he loves colors. magnets. Yeah. He, he does love magnets. However,
1: um, so I mentioned Twilight Zone. Who designed Twilight Zone? Pat Lawler. So, hey, I think that would be fantastic. Uh, it'd certainly be a fun gimmick. Um, who knows? I, I'm really excited. I'm a huge Pat Lawler fan. I will say I, I tend to love um, games with a little more flow, uh, which is why I have two Pat Lawler games. I have Twilight Zone, which I would, which I would say is a, an absolute hit. I have Shrek, which... I appreciate for its difference, but that's certainly Pat Lawler being constrained by design. You yeah. can tell it's, yep. it, it's, it, it, there's no uh, bells and whistles that make it amazing. But I did hear that there are no gimmicks in this that tend to blow your mind away, but it's a, it's an amazing integration of it. And really, I, I think it's, you no, know, um, JJP needs a hit. Yep. They, they, they've had, I would say three, great games i'd say wizard of oz is a great game i'd say dialed in is a great game i'd say uh, pirates is a great game but the problem is if you're looking at the baseball analogy if you're trying to hit a grand slam every time it's hard yep you you need to have a few base hits and 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 by the way i do like what they tried to do with the hobbit um i think it's a it's so beautiful i love um the way it looks um it's it's not my favorite game that they have, but it's not it's not a miss game in my opinion. I just yeah. think it's it's that would be probably more of a base hit yep. uh, game that they have. It's it's not like it's it's certainly not a miss, but I think that that's people are hoping that this is going to be um, dialed in with a with a
0: theme that they like. I agree. So. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been singing, um, the Pure Imagination song. Wonka sings yeah. as, well as he's going. I've been singing that all week long. I'm driving the driving my secretary nuts down at work because she. There you go. But I'm I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see, the possibilities of what it can be. Yeah. And so and it, it, it's so amazing.
1: Think of the time like, think of the time we live in pinball, where. These things we don't just have to wait till we walk into the arcade and say, "Oh, there's a new game. Let's try it out." I love building the anticipation of this. I love saying, "Hey, what are the possible themes?" Now, I also um, I I haven't seen any leaked Playfield pictures. I haven't seen any leaked art, and really at this point, I'd like to avoid it because just like Martin from the slam uh, from Head to Head, excuse me. he says, I don't want to ruin the excitement. If I yep. know everything that I, I want to be wowed yep. and I'm, I'm feeling just like him. I want to be wowed by this thing.
0: Well, I think we're having a watch party Friday night and then we're given our, uh, given our thoughts on it afterwards, but
1: yes, well that, that's it. Yeah. You and I are going to watch it and then we are going to be on the head to head to pinball podcast and we will talk about it and see what we think. Um, I it's, Man, it's so amazing. Think of all the art in pinball. When's the last time there was a bad, uh, a bad art package that was, wasn't constrained due to licensing? I, mean, yeah. I guess you could argue that, um, you know, you could certainly argue that Star Wars didn't meet expectations. But I also question, I mean, working I, with Lucas, that there's no chance that they did what they wanted to
0: do um i am a firm believer that pirates was constrained and not necessarily that they couldn't do what they didn't or what they wanted to do yeah but i think there were so many moving cogs with how many different people were on that game i really believe that's where the delay came from i think It,
1: it, it could be i think the challenge also was just trying to make the uh the triple disc uh i guess not a headache Um,
0: Yeah, but that took a year to do that? Maybe.
1: Okay, so so you remember my major was mechanical engineering. So
0: I actually have
1: a very similar background. Um, I I understand just when you're looking at something like this, you want reliability to be a must. And I I totally agree, yeah. Admittedly, I was disappointed um, when they took out the triple spinning disk. Not because I think it was a huge aspect of it, But I thought it was really interesting in that it provided some movement to the ball. But I'm one of those guys that really don't like the spinning disc on a game because it always does the same thing. It just shoots it out the outline. The left outline, it just just always is a magnet for that. On X-Men, it just shoots it out. Um, All those games, I'm just just kind of rolling my eyes at all it does is just it shoots it the same way, so I thought that with the triple spinning disc, it provided a variation of movement. But it was more interesting than it was the other thing. Now I think they recovered well by not having that disc in there and saying that yes, they can put that that image on the back screen, which I thought was a really nice save. It just, it, I think, it took the air out of people's sales.
0: I think well, just. I think everything that took that just that was a headache. That was a train wreck. It's it's a fantastic game. I love playing yeah. it. But between the reveal in September to almost it, a year before production, at least 9 months before yeah. production and just the headache and the discs and the just everything. I just I think that game would have done a lot better if it did not have as many hurdles as it did hit. So If
1: it came out right after I, you remember the the, the thread on um, on Pinside, yep. where it said a Dark Knight for Stern, and I commented on it. I said, absolutely, like this is this was a train wreck because they had, um, you know, they they released uh, nothing the, the, the year before. They had the Batman sixty six, which which was obviously pushed because Adam West wasn't in good health, yeah, and so they were trying to push that ahead, and it just it looked like stern was really floundering compared to jjp and when jjp came out with pirates that was a fantastic reveal and then it was the empire strikes back yep. like after that stern just cranked up the volume and they just released good i mean, not necessarily great game but good game after good game after good game and they've had some really great hits um I think Guardians has really come into its own. I think that uh, Iron, um, excuse me, Iron Maiden has really come into its own. And I've actually grown to appreciate Deadpool. And I know that people thought it was clunky at first. And I think it feels different just because, again, I'm not Keith Elkwin And it's hard for me to hit some of the shots. But it still felt like, man, this is a good game. <laughs> and that's all in the time that, that JJP was chasing, trying to release something. You can't sell something you're not selling. You can't make any money.
0: That's what my biggest hope is for Jersey Jack. I hope this, I hope Pat Lawler has designed something that's just blows our mind that it just plays like butter. And that we love it that this theme is perfect. And on top of all that, after everything's said and done, we get them soon. Uh, That is one of That's one of the things I fear for. Uh, The rumor is, is they'll show this and then it won't ship for six months.
1: I, I you know, know what? I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I think that they, the reason why they stopped pirates is because they learned from their errors with, I and mean, the previous, I would say dialed in, they shipped actually relatively quickly. Um, but you remember after the dialed I and mean, dialed in was a horrible reveal because yeah. I, I remember watching it. And I remember watching it too. Yeah. And I thought, wow. Uh, okay. And I, I even texted the distributor that I that I know, and I said, "What do you think about it?" And he said, "Nah, I think I think it's like, it's like your grandpa trying to appear cool, yeah, and trying to connect with a young audience." And I, I still see that. I even though I think it's a fantastic game, um, the theme I think is still a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, yeah. So, so I, I'm really hoping that this is that perfect nexus and where they can sell 4,000 units and say, yes, we can We can play with the big boys.
0: Well, and the other thing is with Dialed In, really, if you just change the cabinet artwork and you could do this yourself. Oh, if you, rethemed, it to, if you rethemed it. You wouldn't it have would to retheme be... it because it it doesn't doesn't even say Dialed In when you start. I think it pops up and says, Welcome yeah, to well, yeah, it City. really should have been Quantum City. I mean, KS K- K- and Quantum City. That's really what it should have been then. That, that's what we should do because I don't think it says mm-hmm. dialed in on it anymore. We should just start calling it Quantum City and see yeah. how it's received.
1: Yeah, so. but I the art I think is a little bit—it's it's kind of a miss. I mean, no, no one's going to look at any of those characters and say that's cool.
0: Yeah. So I, I really do. I hope. I hope this goes really well for Jersey Jack. I will, I'm, I'm excited. I can't yeah. wait. We're, we're 48 hours away, and let's do this. I'm excited. I just, like I said. Um, I've been working with some of the distributors for the Salt Lake Gaming Con that we're doing at the end of June, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get Jersey Jack's new game that we don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, that would be <laughs> fantastic if one came out. That'd be so. That's good. what I'm working on. So yeah. that's it, it. Would be great to have it there. Um, realistically, what i have been told. Yeah. Is we probably won't see it there because because yeah. Jack probably won't have any for the next four months, is what I've been told. Well, from, so. okay, we'll see. Okay, by the way, I'm, I'm, I've been watching this Black Knight
1: stream. Who is the dude who looks like he escaped from, like, an emo Mortal Kombat with a
0: face mask on? I don't know. I was wondering that <laughs> last night, too. Okay. I mean, Paramount. by the way,
1: I can say that because I guarantee you no one will ever accuse me of being cool. So at least the guy looks cool. I just kind of wonder about the face
0: mask thing. He kind of looks like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. You watch know one of the funniest things of that stream last night? Steve Ritchie gets up there, yeah, get nine and thirty seconds to a minute on the pin, drains the ball, and his voice, the Black Knight, yeah, yells, yells at him and tells him to play better, play better. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you're telling yourself that you're sucking it up.
1: That but, that's fantastic. It'd be like uh, uh, J.K. S- uh, Simon's uh, playing uh, Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. that that's the reason why I love the original Spider-Man way more than I like the Vault Edition because I the callouts are fantastic.
0: Yep. So, well, we've been running but, for a little over an hour now. We should probably wrap this up. But yep, sounds good. The topic we were going to talk about, I guess we'll stick it in our pocket and save it for later. Hey, we're just so excited for Black Knight and Wonka. What else were we going to do? You know what? You, you have to go where the, uh, the hot topic is. And again, we need to save something for our Thursday show, right? Correct. So, um Really quickly, though, before we wrap it up, I want to give a quick shout-out to Mike Lund. He is our state champion. He went on to the national finals and was in the top eight and even beat out Steve Bowden.
1: Yeah, so, and, and he and he was uh, taken out by the eventual second-place guy. So, yeah. hey, if you're going to be taken out by someone, you want them to go far.
0: Correct. And, so, Mike, and
1: Mike's a great player, and he's a great
0: guy. So He's a great guy. He's the one that runs most of the machines at Keto's and – we're we're pretty proud of the dude, so it was awesome to see him um, take down a legend. So I don't know if Steve would call himself a legend, but we're calling you it. Well, Steve, Steve, Steve is the best ambassador to pinball. No, you know, I we, totally we've, agree. We said that before that
1: Steve is one of those guys that you're like, you know what, I want to hang out with you.
0: Yep, we need to get
1: him on soon. Yeah, man, so. Steve, Steve would be great. I'd love to hear about. Uh, well, we didn't even talk about the,
0: the deep root stuff, but we have time. Well, we've got some good interviews coming up. So um, yeah. it's just the problem is, is there's so much going on in the hobby right now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to pin down schedules between yeah. us and them.
1: Well, and, and they're busy, too. I mean, that's their job.
0: This is our, you know, th- this is our hobby. It's their job. Yep, exactly. So, well, awesome, man. It was great talking to you. Um, if you want to find us, check us out on Facebook. Honestly, that's the best place to get a hold of me or Scott. Uh, just Loser Kim Pit Mall podcast. You'll find us. Oh um before we wrap it up I want to ask any of our listeners all 13 of you um, if someone has a better design cuz I seriously just scribbled with my finger on my phone and then slapped that as our logo if you got <laughs> if you got something way better ship it into us we'll give you credit I don't know if we can give you anything we'll work on something we'll I give don't you know a shout out. we'll give you a shout out but yeah we 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 want to look a little little more professional. We want to look like we're not doing this absolutely for free. So, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to check us out, uh, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, uh, or if you want to contact us, like I said, best places uh, Facebook, or you can contact us at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. So, anything else, my man? No, I think we'll uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Sounds good. Well, I'll see you on Friday night. So. Oh, that's true.
1: Well, well, we'll talk and and if you haven't checked out uh, all the other pinball podcasts that we have referenced, uh, uh, the pinball podcast uh, again, the most creative one that Jeff talks about. Uh, easy, easy way to remember head to head. There's slam tilt. Uh, there's you know when uh, when coast to coast pops up. Uh, which ones do
0: you uh, do you listen to regularly? You listen to uh, uh, more special one lit. Yep. Uh, I listen to slap save. Uh, pinball nerd, Mrs. Pin, uh, Buffalo pinball. Yeah. Buffalo pinball. Dude, there's so many and, yeah. they're, and they're all good. It, I, I really appreciate it because my job, I work by myself. Most of the day I do heating and air conditioning. I, I service stuff. So it's really nice to be able just to put in some headphones and just listen to the hobby. Yeah. So no, it, it's great.
1: Uh, certainly everybody in the hobby does a, does an amazing job. And, uh, I, I like that. This is kind of a, uh, this is a, an escape from real life
0: so yep yep oh i forgot eclectic gamers yes every, no, no eclectic gamers are great
1: absolutely it's uh it's getting close to 11 o'clock like and i'm getting tired so
0: so all right man let's let's wrap this up okay check us out and check us right. out on uh
1: on head to head uh, this weekend
0: sounds good so
1: all right later man okay we'll see you